Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Hidden in Plain Sight, an investigative podcast for anyone whose role relies on finding crucial evidence, patterns, and information. I'm Lily Kennett. And I'm Juliet Young. Uh, we're two women who work together as partners in a law firm. We're investigative partners. We're not lawyers. Many nights, Lily and I will get together on the phone and have a, a very long late night chat talking about how we might solve an investigative problem. And we thought, you know, maybe we could uh, turn this into a podcast. That's right. And some of the motivation for what we're trying to do here comes out of a webinar that we put together recently. Uh, and as everyone knows, from the start of the year, a lot of businesses and individuals have been putting out webinars on who they are, what they do. I think we've all got a little bit of webinar fatigue at this point. But um, we put out a webinar on, on litigation support and how investigation services can, can help you out if you're involved in contentious litigation. Um, joining us on the webinar, we had a lot of litigators, barristers, general counsels, and we were really pleased uh, and somewhat surprised to find that at the end of the webinar, we had you know, over a dozen questions, which we definitely didn't have time to get to in the Q&A session. Uh, and so it got us thinking, didn't it, Juliet? We could basically share some of our insights into working in investigations over the last uh, 15, 20 years. Um, that dates us, that ages us. Um, but um, yeah, so this podcast is really for anyone whose role relies on on looking for information or, or using investigations or using investigative services. Um, so it might be, you know, for dispute resolution lawyers or litigators, barristers, general counsel. But also people who work outside of the legal sector, um, a PR advisor, a head of corporate affairs or government relations, um, risk committees, uh, private equity investors. Maybe you're just an individual who's thinking about a private prosecution and wondering where you can put together the evidence. Yeah. Or, or maybe you're somebody, you know, who is working in a law firm and, you know, is often tasked with um, instructing investigators and, you know, want to know a bit more about, you know, how it works on the inside. I, I think that's right. I mean, I think we're a, we're a broad church here. And really, this podcast is for anyone who's ever sat back and wondered, how do I do that? Or do you think I could find? So should we talk a bit about our backgrounds, Lily? Um, and yours is really interesting because you started out as a journalist. So, you know, and, and, you know, you're originally from the States. So let's talk about how you got from the States and to the, to London and, you know, your route from being an, uh, a journalist to an investigator. Well, I think it's a, you give me a lot of credit there. And I think it's a shorter story uh, than all that, really. Um, yes, I'm a dual national. I'm US and UK citizen. I've lived and worked here for over 15 years now. Um, I started my, I like to say my first career was in journalism. So for about 10 years after I finished my master's degree in London, I, I worked as a journalist um, that involved print, but also broadcast and radio, although I've never been front of house. So, so it's a bit odd for me to be sitting in front of the microphone. I was always in sort of research and production roles. Um, and then uh, after about 10 years in journalism, uh, I had an invitation from a friend of a friend to come and explore corporate investigations. This is actually shortly before the 2008 financial crash. Um, and I was really intrigued uh, about the sector and, and the opportunity to sort of have more conversations about decision making and to sort of inform 
instead of sort of writing to inform the public, to research and investigate, to to inform those people who are sort of making the decisions. Um, and that really drew me. Uh, and I crossed over into corporate investigations, initially in a big four environment, but then at boutique investigative firms. Uh, and as you know, about four years ago, I ended up on uh, on your doorstep uh, at Shillings. <laughs> Really keen to uh, to get inside a law firm and be be part of that decision making process from from another perspective. And actually, one of the funny things about us is that when we um, when we meet people for whom we're investigating, often I get asked the questions about American records uh, and American investigative techniques, uh, and then I always have to turn to you because you've actually got more experience on that side of the pond than I do. Yeah, that well, I I spent a few months working in New York for a corporate investigations firm, so I had to get familiar with U.S. public records really quickly. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's funny. Sometimes I'm always kind of saying, "Oh yeah, check out this source, check out that source, Lily." You know, in the U.S. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where whereas you know, obviously I've I've run investigations that have spanned the U.S. crossed over into the U.S. and sort of spanned that territory. Um, but it's not a part of my professional background to the same extent that it is yours. So don't let the accent fool you. Um, I think I always wanted to be an investigator of some sort. Um, when I was a child, I actually wanted to be a police detective uh, and then an investigative journalist. Um, I didn't get very far with journalism. I actually managed a very short stint on a newspaper in Argentina uh, back in the, I think, the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I, I was very excited. I wanted to kind of write about economics and politics. And instead, they sent me to cover the Backstreet Boys concert, which was, um, you know, a bit disappointing. But anyway, I, I then ended up working for two well-known global uh, investigations firms where I kind of learned the craft of, of doing investigations. And I learned how to conduct very in-depth investigative research and through sort of looking at open source material and public records and through talking to sources Um and it's probably a bit nerdy to say so, but I really enjoyed being able to have this kind of massive data at my fingertips and being able to pull out something really relevant and, and meaningful for a client. And then in 2009, I went to work at the Serious Fraud Office um, uh, and helped to establish their intelligence unit, um, which was fascinating and, and really enjoyable. Um for a number of reasons, not not least because I got to help the police break into a big yellow storage locker and seize a mountain of box files um, belonging to somebody who was running a, a big investment fraud, um, defraud, defrauding pensioners out of um, millions of pounds and actually ultimately led to a conviction, which was very exciting. Um, and then I spent a bit of time working as a, a sort of freelance investigator in-house for white-collar crime firms using my investigative research skills and helping lawyers put together fact pattern reports and piece together what had happened and sort of flesh out who the characters were involved. So, and then, and then met Shillings. Um, so, and that's where our stories join, I guess, Lily. And we've been kind of running the intelligence and investigations team for the last four or five years. And it's been um, great fun. It's been a bit of a roller coaster at times, but um, very entertaining. And, and here we are today. <laughs> So Lily, I've got to ask this, what, what is it that you like? What, what is it that draws you to investigations? I think anyone who listens to, to our podcast will know that we both like to kind of nerd out on where information lives uh, and how it can be useful. I think that I, like you, am definitely a person who's motivated by getting to the bottom of things. 
Um, and that's that's sort of always been part of my DNA, not to kind of take the surface level explanation or, you know, read the read the article for what it is. Um, I think I've always been really interested in getting to the bottom of who said it and why and what influenced it. Uh, and I think it's also it's also the opportunity to be more involved in a brass tacks conversation. You know, I, I absolutely loved being a journalist uh, and I think it's a really important function. Um, and I, I had a lot of good years in that profession. Um, there's a lot of great people practicing that craft. Um, but ultimately, it, it's one thing to sort of put together information for for distribution to the public, um, to sort of put it out widely uh, and to not necessarily know on an individual level who you're speaking to. Um, and in the investigation space, quite often you're talking, you're having very direct conversations with people making decisions about risk, ethics, legal liability, legal strategy. Uh, and I think I find it, you know, very engaging to be part of those conversations and and to be able to support them. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I think, you know, I suppose thinking about what, what do I like about investigations, what draws me to it? Um, I think one of the things is the variety of places that an investigation takes you to, both kind of literally and figuratively. And, you know, over the years, I've looked at so many different sectors from the really obscure. I remember doing something about 15 years ago, looking at the sort of this obscure comp- component that makes up rubber um, to the slightly quirky where I when I first started out, I remember being sent on an assignment to kind of trace the family history of a pedigree dog. Um, and then there are <laughs> the ones that take you back in time. So uh, one of my favorite cases was. Uh, looking into the provenance of a piece of art from the 1930s. And and equally, there are the ones that kind of take you forward where you're, you know, we were, I was looking recently at kind of Twitter bot activity um, with regard to, you know, election campaigning. So um, I think it takes you to, to many different places. Um, there's so much variety. And I, I also really love the, the human element that sits behind the facts and the data. Because, you know, often you're looking at kind of public records, but behind all those kind of company appointments or land registry filings is a person or a set of people. And, you know, on the face of it, it can look quite dry. But the challenge is kind of finding out as much as you can to be able to come to some sort of hypothesis about what is going on. And then at some point you you test that to see if you're right. Um and I and I think thirdly is kind of the the element of surprise. You never know what you're going to turn up, and I think that's what something that everybody can relate to. Um, that the concept of digging for something that is buried or hidden is a bit like a quest. Yeah, that's that's I think what what draws me to investigation. I, I think that's all spot on, and I think you only have to look at the sort of popularity of detective novels to understand that that speaks to speaks to a lot of the population. You know, we we all like to figure out what's going on with things. Um, and I, I'm completely on the same page as you with all of the um, the variety and the sort of rocks that you end up looking under. I mean, I had a, I had a project last year that required me to uh, discover what the process for declaring someone dead in absentia was in a particular jurisdiction. They're just things that you don't, uh, you don't think about until you have to. And then they become uh, part, of your, part of your life while you're working on the case. I think we should explain why we've called the podcast Hidden in Plain Sight. 
Um, the investigative sector is one that's sort of shrouded in mythology in, in some ways. There, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, and I think that there's uh, there's been a tendency over the years to kind of try and obfuscate uh, what what professionals are doing in this space. And, and there's various reasons for that, which we're, we're not going to kind of go through on this podcast. But I think you and I share a, a philosophy on, on the investigative sector and, and its purpose. I mean, we we think we think that this kind of information is absolutely crucial for decision makers to have. We think it's a valuable service. We think it's a professional service. Um, but we're also sort of determined to demystify the sector a little bit and sort of speak more plainly about what it is that we do and and how we identify some of this information. Yeah, I mean, we mulled over a number of different names for this podcast, didn't we? But so many, um, so many, so many. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and, and unfortunately, it's also the name of that Jeffrey Archer novel that's just come out. But uh, yeah, hidden in plain sight, um, because what we what we're trying to convey is that what we do isn't rocket science. It, it's often about finding a piece of information that can be a key piece of evidence or can help to bring another party to the table. Or it's a piece of analysis, which helps you see that, you know, a certain conduct is part of a pattern. But yeah, it's it's about demystifying what we do to some degree and um yeah trying to trying to share some of so open a open a window onto what we do and it's also about giving us a platform to explore problems that are coming up for other people who uh, use investigative services so you know we've Juliet and I both had tons of experiences where we've hit a wall in our case, or, or we've sort of hit what, what looked like a dead end. And then we usually get on the phone to each other, talk things through, look for opportunities, um, and, and double back and explore something we haven't tried before. Uh, and quite often that enables us to get a result. But we know that you listening out there, uh, you hit walls too. Um, you have dead ends too. So part of this podcast is also a plea for you guys to ask us your questions. Uh, tell us what's what's the hitch in your case. Um, where have you uh, come up with a dead end when you when you wished you could really push something further? And we might not always know the answer off the top of our heads, but if you send in our, your questions, we will apply ourselves to it, do some thinking, um, and come back with with some thoughts and, and maybe some suggestions on how that type of question might be approached. Uh, importantly, we we won't talk about live cases or confidential client matters, that goes without saying, but we will share with you the the benefit of our, our collective experience. Uh, as Juliet pointed out, this is now getting on for several decades between us, uh, and hopefully we can get some pointers and, and move things in the right direction. The email address for that is plainsight at shillingspartners.com if you want to send in your questions. Um, and we even we hope to get some guests on the podcast um, and uh, we're going to try and bring in some experts on particular issues. So we've come across many fascinating experts in, in the years that we've been doing this, um, some of them quite obscure. Um, what Lily, are some of the best ones? Lily, do you remember the one that, that was the, the expert on printer ink? I remember the printer ink. Yeah, he'd done many kind of um, academic papers on the, you know, chemical composition of printer ink. Um, mm -hmm. And there was one that I came across uh, a few years back who was an expert on uh, security deposit box keys. That was really fascinating. Um, 
and uh, he was able to kind of help identify which uh, banks had used which keys from from back from the 1980s. Um, so, you know, the more obscure, the better. Um, yeah, so that the email address again, plainsight at shillingspartners.com. So I think we're nearly out of time, but um, before we wrap up, should we talk quickly about what else we might want to cover? Absolutely. I mean, thanks to everyone who attended our Sharpen Your Edge in Litigation seminar. Um, We had a really great time delivering that, and we got some really great questions coming out of it. Um, And that's given us um, quite a few things to start off on uh, based on your questions and the things that we're hearing from uh, from those we've talked to about the podcast so far, we're definitely going to hit some of the the big topics that we know that you're interested in. We're going to talk about metadata. We're going to talk about cross-border investigations. We're going to talk about uh, identifying anonymous social media accounts, um, investigations that take you back before the internet era. I'm actually doing something this week that, that's having me look at public tenders that took place in Germany in the late 1950s and early 1960s. Um, so sometimes you do get to an investigation where you know the microfiche is all you have. Um, and then, of course, Juliet, your favorite, uh, the use of public records, uh, maybe in different jurisdictions. So keep them coming. Send us your questions. They will all be anonymized. Um, as I said at the outset, we won't talk about live cases or confidential matters, but we'll share our experience with you and, and put some thought into whatever is stumping you on your case. Thanks, Lily. And remember, everyone, a lot of this isn't rocket science. It's just simply information that may be hidden in plain sight. <laughs> <laughs>